Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. We're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture. A better way, where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it. At Huma, our carbon-rich, humate-based products improve soil health and fertility, deliver nutrients more efficiently, and reduce crop input costs. Welcome to Humix Solutions with a human touch. Visit huma.us to learn more. California Department of Food and Agriculture Secretary Ross joined USDA Undersecretary Alexis Taylor and more than 25 companies on an agricultural trade mission recently to Malaysia and Singapore. These markets represent great opportunities for California exports and serve as a gateway to the greater Southeast Asian market. California's agricultural exports to the region are valued at approximately $2.5 billion, with dairy, fresh fruit, and tree nuts among the top exports. The visit was an opportunity, she says, to celebrate long-standing trade relationships and build new business connections within the export community. She said the schedule included roundtable discussions with imports and retailers, meetings with foreign representatives of U.S. agricultural trade associations, and engagement with the U.S. ASEAN Business Council in Singapore. She also had the opportunity to visit a leading dairy plant and a bakery facility in Malaysia that both use agricultural ingredients. One aspect of the mission that truly resonated with her was a presentation by the Federation of Malaysian Manufacturers underscoring the importance of halal certification. It is a unique value proposition that is a critical aspect of the food system and beverage sector in Malaysia and the larger Southeast Asian market. As the speaker from Nestle noted, halal is not just about meat, it's a market waiting for a diversity of products as well as acknowledgement of the culture. Halal certification can be applied to many products from fresh fruits and wine to health supplements. The mission served to underscore the market development opportunities that California's agricultural exporters and trade associations can leverage in the region with the USDA's new $1.3 billion investment in a regional agricultural promotion program. California's farmers and ranchers with their diversity of high quality products are well positioned to meet growing internet national consumer needs while supporting local communities through job growth and expanded economic activity. The visit was a great opportunity to support California agricultural trade and the farmers and ranchers who make the state the leading agricultural exporter in the nation, according to Ross. Mexico is a strong component to their overall core citrus program, according to Fernando Valle with TerraFresh Organics in California. He says the grower co-op they represent is the largest supplier of organic Valencia oranges in the state of Sonora, and they are proud of their 17-year exclusive partnership with them. TerraFresh is excited to begin the new season with early Valencias, which run November through January, and fulfill a strong demand since California organic Valencias are done for the season. The production of true Valencias runs February through June and will follow right after the early vows without any supply interruption. So far this season, TerraFresh Organics is seeing solid quality and condition with crop volume expected to be up 20% over last year. New plantings are coming into production, providing for a major programmable volume. Overall peak sizing will be off by a half to one size smaller. Additionally, the market prices continue to climb as California's naval oranges are facing a tough year. 
the domestic California citrus program is a major counterpart to their overall citrus program, he says. With the state's naval orange production being impacted by thrip, there will be a lot of choice fruit available in the market. The damage is bad across the Central Valley, but is worse on the organic citrus. He says some blocks may go straight into insurance. As a result of the damage to the California naval crop, the season has opened at high prices on both conventional and organic navels, especially on fancy grade fruit. Although prices may drop a little bit once the season has fully ramped up, they're still expecting an overall strong market. He said there's just not a lot of fancy fruit available. In fact, it's the worst California naval season that he has seen in a long time. On top of the quality issues, California growers are faced with high costs of inputs. Labor and material costs continue to rise at a fast rate. Reduced quality of California navels in combination with high prices is expected to result in an increased demand for Mexican oranges this season. He says Valencias are usually second to navels, but for this season, they will be a key supplement in meeting consumer demand. With the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday coming up quickly, the market is bouncing up on some holiday-related commodities, including celery. The market has been depressed for the last month, and it's been in the $10 to $12 range. Pricing has already jumped some, and some quotes are as high as $20 on celery, according to Russ Wiederberg of Valley Produce West. Right now, supply is coming from three California regions. Salinas is still in production with celery, and it's expected to go through Thanksgiving. In addition, Santa Maria is also underway, and Oxnard has began recently. The supply that is in the market is normal. He says as those in Oxnard start up, they'll begin to taper off in Salinas. Some will overlap a little bit. As for pricing, there has been a jump due to demand because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Break-even pricing on celery is upwards in the $16 range, so any kind of ad pricing for the Thanksgiving poll will probably be upwards of the $18 to $20 range, he says. Demand already sounds good because the retailers always promote celery for Thanksgiving. However, he says you won't really know until a week before Thanksgiving if the open market product makes it to the ad prices, and that will help the pull through. Then it just depends on what happens with the weather. He notes that the weather in the near future looks to be going down from the highs in the 80s, lows in the 60s, to highs in the 60s with lows in the 40s, and he says that will slow everything down. Looking ahead, Wiederberg notes that the market will be active given consumers are trying to get ahead of the holiday poll and get orders on the books because they know how supply is supposed to tighten up. Salinas-based Naturite Farms, a farmer-owner berry producer and marketer, is excited to announce promotable volumes of its fresh, firm, and flavorful jumbo blueberries, aptly named Mighty Blues. Supplies will double and even triple over the coming weeks, which is great news for retailers who want to promote them and consumers who have become fans of these blueberries. The company's growers pioneered these blueberries and the typical size of the Mighty Blues, which is two times higher than the average blueberry than the size of a quarter. With their vibrant blue hue and firm juicy bite mighty blues are a go-to fruit for the remainder of the year according to john johnston director of premium product he says they are excited for retailers to take advantage of this limited run of their ginormous blueberries this finish to the year is thanks to an ongoing focus on developing nature ripe's premium products portfolio which spotlights new proprietary berry varieties with size firmness and flavor mighty blues are handpicked and available in a 9.8 ounce clamshell package 
A new cutting-edge agriculture research facility named for a long-serving Central Coast politician was opened with a ribbon-cutting here recently. The SAMFAR United States Crop Improvement and Protection Research Center in Salinas is a 117,000-square-foot structure that builds on the existing Agricultural Research Services Lab that it is replacing. The facility sits on 20 acres and will make it possible to advance research on the sustainable production of vegetable and fruit crops, which is crucial to the success of California. California's agricultural sector. It will also enable the expansions of collaboration with partners at the University of California, Davis, as well as others around the world. The building was named for a longtime politician, Sam Farr, who was the U.S. representative for California's 17th and 20th congressional districts on the Central Coast. He served in Congress for more than 23 years before retiring after the 2016 elections. The research center houses the Agricultural Research Services, USA Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, and UC Davis. It provides cutting-edge infrastructure and equipment that facilitate research collaborations on improving lettuce, spinach, and melon germplasm, and studying the basic biology, epidemiology, and management of viral, fungal, and bacterial diseases affecting these crops. Other work conducted at the Agricultural Research Services building includes developing alternatives to methyl bromide as a soil fumigant for controlling soil-borne pests, reducing post-harvest losses of lettuce, developing scientifically based organic crop production practices, and developing methods for weed control. With avocado consumption in North America continuing to grow, the produce industry has witnessed an expansion in avocado capacity in recent years. This includes acreage development, diversification of growing regions, as well as expansion of packing and distribution facilities in an effort to bring supplies more in line with demand. An example of a company strengthening its presence in the avocado segment is Oppie. Back in 2020, the company acquired a 65% stake in Echo Farms to build outside its presence in the avocado category. Together, the two companies offer organic and conventional avocados from Mexico, California, Chile, Colombia, and Peru. More recently, in May of 2022, AvoWorks joined Oppie and Echo Farms. With AvoWorks representing growers and packers from Mexico, the partnership is focused on offering smoother supplies from Mexico and building U.S. sales. These partnerships offer them the capacity to grow and pack significant volumes for the market with reliable supply, according to Category Director of Citrus and Avocados, Rodrigo Lopez, with Oppie. While avocado supplies have been inconsistent in 2023 due to weather events, Director of Sales and Strategy for Echo Farms and Sales Executive Mark Smith mentions the three companies together have good availability in a range of sizes. The overall demand for avocados and avocado products continues to increase in the U.S. In the past, avocado consumption was mainly driven by super users or people who consume avocados daily. However, in recent years, they've witnessed a growing number of people experimenting with avocados and incorporating them into their diets, according to Lopez. He said the trend has expanded the consumer base and Oppy anticipates further growth in the future. To support the consumption of avocados and diets in a convenient way, Oppy recently introduced two value-added products – frozen avocado blend and halves. The blend is a puree with sea salt and lime along with hand-scooped avocado halves with the skin and pit removed. These products will be available in the market by the end of 2023. Another innovation that shows a commitment to avocados Another innovation is the launch of a compostable avocado pack. It is certified for both backyard compost and industrial equipment. The new avocado pack is available for the company's conventional avocados from Mexico. While supplies are a bit more limited at first, eventually this pack will become the standard for all avocados the company brings to market.
Bee Hero, a precision pollination startup, was recently named a CNBC Top 50 Disruptor, an annual list that highlights private companies that are chasing some of the market's biggest opportunities and growing despite a tough capital markets environment and a slowing economy. Headquartered in California with research and development in Israel, Bee Hero focuses on monitoring bee health through technology. CEO Omar Davidi is a co-founder of the company. Bee Hero core value proposition is precision pollination as a service. Um, I mean, we we are looking into the the bee problem that you know most of us familiar with the bees are dying uh, issue, which is a big issue, uh, and we've seen a lot of companies trying to enhance technology um, to to support beekeepers' efforts. Uh, we took it one step further and saying how we can work with the beekeepers on a day to day basis in order to ensure that the process of pollination is done in a in a precise way. Um, Effectively, more than 70% of the crops out there, the agricultural crops, requires bees to physically be brought to the field during bloom season. Uh, And if those bees are not strong, if they are encountering any issues, exposure to chemicals, different things that could affect the bees, it will affect the quality of pollination and will put a cap on on output. Um, So we are putting a lot of efforts to make sure it doesn't happen. Making the top 50 disruptor list was a big deal for Bee Hero, which has grown to become the largest pollination provider in just four years, says Davidi. It also brings attention to the growing role that technology plays in agriculture. I think that when we look at you know data entering into the agricultural space, we've seen significant shift in so many things. I mean, we sometimes forget that you know irrigation is something that we don't use for so long, uh, and it affected a lot of the way that we you know water our plants and we make them more productive and how we use nutrients and some some other things. Um, as, as I mentioned before, we here focuses on pollination, and I think our ability to look at the bee problem a little bit from a different perspective and try to build a holistic solution that can not only introduce value to the beekeepers but also to the growers is a major deal. The main point that came as part of this effort is the fact that we've managed to become the largest pollination provider in, in four years. Uh, we don't see a lot of companies in the Arctic space that scales so fast. Um, so I think it's a combination of you know great people I get to work with on one hand. And the second thing is the fact that we are touching a real pain point and, and our technology actually makes a difference. The beekeeping industry has shifted over the years, he says, from a once predominant focus on honey production to a much larger focus on pollination. Bee Hero saw a need to help beekeepers address the issues that come with that shift. Through data and artificial intelligence, they have essentially turned beehives into smart hives, allowing beekeepers to monitor their hives more efficiently. What we've done, we developed a a small IoT sensor. So we put a lot of focus on making sure that the technology eventually being introduced into the hive, being installed into the hive, doesn't affect the way that beekeepers operate their um, operation, uh, the, the, the beekeeping operation. Um, you know, it starts from the small things of not having wires go across the place or putting things under the pallets. Like it's not practical in a commercial domain. So the understanding that it needs to be a simple unit that just plugs into the middle frame of the colony and can help the beekeepers make more informed decisions based on the data collected from the hive. So, you know, we talk about artificial intelligence and and AI and how today we can establish models that can early detect and predict different things. And it starts from the simple things. Like a hive is is acting like our body as a super organism. If the bees cannot regulate temperature during the the time of which the, the, the queen lay eggs, the colony will not develop. 
So that would be an easy thing to see, like, you know, can they regulate temperature? Trying to figure out why they cannot regulate temperature, it becomes a little bit more, you know, sophisticated and complicated. And I think what changed a lot is, is access to data. So when we started Be Hero, we didn't see a lot of data. Like the most sophisticated experiments were done on handful of hives, very scientific, sophisticated stuff that helped us to understand the bees industry much better, but it was done on a small scale. And this doesn't allow you to build low cost IoT components. So we had to focus on, first of all, collecting tons of data, uh, starting from, I remember 1400 hives, you know, five, six years ago, and today we have more than 250,000 hives. So, you know, a lot has changed. But now that we have huge amount of hives collecting millions of samples a day, allows us to early detect and predict things like queen failures, starvation situations, mites problem, viral disease, bacterial disease. In each one of those problems, you know, it's a, it's a different level of prediction and early detection, which keeps improving with time. But eventually being able to collect data constantly from inside those hives and equip beekeepers with informed uh, uh, actions that you know they need to go and feed this yard helps them to manage their bees in a more efficient way. And that's what we call the smart hives because the, the hives basically tells us what we need to tell the beekeepers and the beekeepers know what to do with it. While the issue of bee decline is a big one, Davidi says he's also concerned with the future of beekeepers. As many beekeepers are approaching retirement age, he hopes the next generation will see beekeeping as a prosperous and important career. The bees in general is, you know, is an, an issue that we need to address. Uh, I, I'm not on those who thinks that the bee population will uh, distinguish so soon, uh, but I do see that the average age of the commercial beekeeper in the U.S. today is above 70. We need to make sure that this business is not just hard work. It can also, you know, bring good money to the table. And then the next generation, you know, comes in and, and use the technology to become more efficient uh, because the population is growing. We need more food. And if we don't have pollinators, we won't be able to get. Bee Hero expects to continue to expand their precision pollination into the U.S. market and into more commodities, explained Davidi. We just recently expanded to the Australian market, so we are basically taking the same approach. We started with almonds and now expanding into other crops like avocados and and and, and some others, canola and so on, uh, in, the, in the Australian market. And we are looking to introduce this concept of precision pollination basically worldwide. It's just we want to do it slowly and we want to do it in a way that you know, we control some of those major things. Uh, otherwise, if we expand too fast, we might just fail. So that's the first effort. I think I think the second effort is, is also more interesting because we learn a lot of new things. So we have a team of data scientists that looking into the data with, you know, clear mind and trying to bring some interesting insights into the table for discussions. And one of the things we just recently started to do commercially is working on infield sensing. So now we're not just collecting hives for, uh, data from inside the hives, but also from the field and tying it up with biodiversity aspects and some other things that some of the stakeholders are looking into. And I think the fact that we've never had access to data like this before just opens huge amount of opportunities of which we need to make sure that you know we, we, we use the resources in the right way to provide good enough value. So it's not just about doing things for fun, it's about actually uh, introducing uh, uh, values. And, and today we work with, you know, General Mills, one of our investors, uh, to leverage pollination data in order to support their decision making. So there's a lot of things tied into those things uh, that we will learn as we move forward. 
uh, and and constantly innovating. I think that's you know part of the culture of of Bee Hero. On the issue of bee decline, Davidi is optimistic for the future of bees and believes that equipping farmers and beekeepers with the right tools through data will be a big part of keeping them healthy and thriving. We introduced the concept of the healthy hive score so we can provide our customers with score on how bees were affected during pollination activity in their farms. And in cases where it's not great, we're providing them some guidelines on how to improve it. It's not going outside. It's it's for them to just support the process of pollination better. Uh, and I think that's the first effort, trying to tie the incentives on all ends to create a more sustainable farming uh, structure. And, and this is something we're all going to benefit. So as long as we see those things adopted more and more, whether it's be here or whether it's someone else, I think the, the future is positive uh, for bees. Uh, bees will probably here before us and they will probably stay here after us. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about the bees, but we do need to equip beekeepers with better tools to address the changing environment. To learn more about Bee Hero, visit beehero.io. For My Ag Life, this is Kristen Platts. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante. Imagination. Innovation. Science in action. The government is again about to run out of money with a shutdown cliff coming up and a farm bill extension hanging in the balance. Another stopgap funding bill by the 17th would be the likely vehicle to extend the already expired farm bill. But new House Speaker Mike Johnson said that he'll fight for a non-traditional stopgap instead of continued level funding. We call on Capitol Hill a continuing resolution now and what we've dealt with in years past is that this would allow us time and everybody understands allow us time to continue this appropriations process. We're committed to bringing 12 bills to the floor as the law, uh, statutory law requires Congress to do. That hasn't been done in many years. Top House Ag Democrat David Scott has now called for a one-year extension on the Farm Bill, matching similar calls by Senate Ag leaders and resistance to more limits on the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, otherwise known as SNAP. We stand united against any efforts to take food away from children, families, or any vulnerable American in this farm bill or any legislation. Republicans have also dug in House Ag Chair Glenn G.T. Thompson. Let's move from states going out of their way to keep employable individuals idle and disengaged and spend more time fostering connections with employers and education providers. With no time left for a new farm bill this year and a perilous fight over a routine stopgap bill and farm law extension, the next few days will be critical in determining the direction of farm and other policies. The annual election cycle for USDA Farm Service Agency County Committee seats is now taking place through December 4th. USDA Ag News reporter Rod Bain. 
Ballots arrived this week for eligible voters at USDA Farm Service Agency County Committee elections. There's about 7,700 producers nationwide that serve on more than 2,200 county committees. County committees are comprised from 3 to 11 elected members from their local administrative areas, and each member will serve a three-year term. FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau says voters have until December 4th to turn in their ballots to their local FSA offices, either by mail or in person. Once elected, the county committees will come together. New members will be oriented to the position and they will go right to work after the first of the year serving their local producers in the delivery of policy and programs at the Farm Service Agency. For more information about FSA county committees or the county committee nomination and election process, you can find a lot of that information at fsa.usda.gov forward slash elections. You can also stop in at your local office. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The 2023 to 2024 National FFA officer team was elected during the final session of the 96th National FFA Convention and Expo held in Indianapolis recently. The new officer team was picked from 35 candidates and will lead the organization during the next year. Amara Jackson of Michigan is the new national president. Grant Norfleet of Missouri is the new national secretary. The new regional vice presidents come from Florida, Iowa, Ohio, and New Mexico. Each year during the national convention, six student members are elected by delegates to represent the organization as national officers. Through their year of service, the officers will interact with business and industry leaders, thousands of FFA members and teachers, corporate sponsors, government officials, education officials, the general public, and others. The team will also lead personal growth and leadership training conferences for FFA members throughout the country and set policies that help guide the future of the FFA and its members. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. It's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.